Hi, this is Thomas. This is Robbie. And this is Megan. And you're listening to The Drop Podcast from Believe in the Run, where we talk all things running. Talk to people that are industry insiders, shoe designers, athletes, just about anybody that has anything to do with running, including elite elite joggers, elite runners. I mean, anybody. We'll talk to you if you call. We'll pick up the phone. <laughs> you don't have our number, but we'll talk to you. Yeah. I'm probably lying to you. We're, we're kind of, you know. It's 911. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just tell them Thomas said you. Anyway, let's get into some of the biggest news this week, the Marathon Project. There isn't anything that really is happening bigger in the running industry right now, or is there? No, I think that was the biggest, one of the biggest events of the year. If you don't, I should say post-COVID, the biggest event of the year was Olympic Marathon Trials. Right. But the Marathon Project out in Chandler, Arizona, that was on Sunday. And this was a race that I actually paid money to see, which blows my mind. Yeah, all of us did. Yeah. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do in COVID? Hey, it's $13 for monthly subscription to USATF.org or whatever. And right. you can cancel it anytime. There's still stuff to come in January. There's yeah. like, okay. yeah, there's okay. like the, cross, the USATF cross country championship. And they will hang on. Um, and what was cool, my favorite part of it was watching some of the athletes that we've had on this show. Certainly, the highlight was Cara D'Amato. Oh, yeah. For me, I mean, nothing against Sarah Hall. I, I just haven't spoken with her. If she wants to come and talk to me, <laughs> she could be my favorite runner. But uh, right now, it's Kara, and I think she just crushed it, and she did it with style. Like, it was just like a robot. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, Kara uh, D'Amato finished in second place on the women's side in a time of 2.26.56, which is a personal best for her by, like, 13, 12 minutes or something it like that. It was almost 12 minutes, yeah. Yeah. And where's that put her in the American women? American women, all, I don't have it right I think here. It, I think it makes uh, her top 10. It's definitely it, top it 10, top but top I wasn't five. sure if it was like, I think it, I think it was either six or seven. I'm not sure. Yeah. And of course, Sarah Hall finishing first and 220.32 put her at number two USA. Yeah, right time. behind Dina Castor, who's another person we've talked to and love very much. So it was awesome to watch the women run. It was incredible. We saw Cal Neff, who's also been on the podcast, pacing sarah hall to that uh record finish which was insane because i was like he's gonna drop off they're, they're only pacing for a little while he ran the entire thing it's pretty sick and he ran him in alt altris and uh, yeah a proto or upcoming yeah. super shoe that i, I guess so, yeah it's a, i mean i don't know how zero drop works with a plate but cal could probably tell us and yeah look he i mean he just killed it and if you follow him on instagram you should he's got it's fun he shares a lot with his family what's going on in his life. So he's got a pretty decent sense of humor, but yeah. amazing performance by him as well. And then we jump into the men's. Like I know one of your favorite people threw up at the finish line. <laughs> I mean, Noah Drotty looking like the exorcist out there, just crossing, the, stumbling across the finish line, puking everywhere. I, I don't know. He even looks skinnier than ever. Oh, he's like the most gauntest. He looks like a uh, Van Gogh or Picasso painting yeah. or something. Yeah. He almost looks like a guy you drive by, like in Austin, Texas, who's like on the side of the road. And then you're like, oh, you know, he's going to drop a 209 marathon. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of had him as a favorite just because I do for every race. By the way, we talked to him earlier this spring on IG Live. That's on YouTube. He's a super cool dude. But I, knew, I follow him on Instagram and he had been posting that this is like his best training block ever. And he ran a 210 at Chicago, Chicago last year. Yeah. And so I was thinking, I mean, 
if he gets that down another minute, he could be looking to take this race. Yeah. And but, he was there, right, in the front the whole time until Marty he here uh, pulled away at the end. Yeah. There. And, and Robbie, do you uh, do you have a subscription to Ancestry.com? Uh, I don't, but I might have to get one to see yeah, if I'm related to. I anything. think you might be related to Drotty. <laughs> the thing is, though, is his his mustache like he can pull that off. When I grow a mustache, it looks super pervy. Like you should arrest me if you see me. In public. Yeah, you also have to grow out your hair though and look like you're in the Alabama band or something from the '70s. Yeah, true. I mean, I used to have long hair, but the receding hairline makes it even creepier now. Yeah, one reason I don't talk too much about Marty is I don't really know how to say his last name. Yeah, I, I think pr- it's Heher. It is Heher. I pronounced it wrong Heher. when I just said it like two minutes ago. Heher sounds like when you Heher. punch me in the stomach. <laughs> I didn't have him on my radar. I don't know, for one of the top contenders. And I definitely should have because he finished sixth at the Olympic trials this year. Right. I totally. He, he said in one of the quotes, uh, talking to someone else, that he always has felt he's one of the top runners and done, didn't understand why he didn't get you know, the credit he feels he deserved. Um, and he, he needed that breakout performance, and now he has he got it. it. So I think we're going to be you, seeing more of him. And I like I got to wonder, he's with Reebok now. Reebok rumors to be sold as a brand. Right. Where's this kid going to end up? In, do you think that's why? So? Do you think that's why you haven't heard of him so much? Is because he's with Reebok, which isn't like. Mm. I mean, Reebok doesn't do a good job marketing their own shoes. I can't imagine they do a good job marketing their, their athletes. athletes. Yeah. Like the only time I see Reeboks is when they put them on sale and they run ads for that. I mean, the shoe is a good shoe and they just, they I don't know if they have bad distribution, bad uh, marketing, I don't know what it is, but that shoe should be on people's feet. And I, of course he wasn't running that, he was running the Adios Pro, but Reebok has good shoes and yeah. we're not seeing them. They don't have, a, their race shoe isn't out yet. I guess it's coming, but it wasn't you know out in time. We didn't see out there. Nikes. Nikes. But yeah. you know why? We didn't see any Nike athletes out there. Right. Yeah. And. Oh, it's... wait, I take it back. Kira. Oh, okay. Kira. She's wearing the next. Yeah. Yeah. But she's. She was next. She's, she's unsponsored. Yeah. 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 She was next. Yeah. <laughs> she's next to be sponsored by Nike. Or Sarah. <laughs> yeah, Sarah was first. Yeah. D'Amato next. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got you. Oh, there we go. All Finally. Right, I had to beat that one ding, ding. like a rug. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that I I was curious about that too. The Nike not having uh, athletes there, and there's two theories that Nike just doesn't have a good farm system right now for the marathon. You basically have Galen Rupp and Jordan Hesse. and Jordan Hesse and and who else are you going to pull out uh, to race? Uh, or the second one could be Nike, you know, marathon project being put on Brooks and Josh Cox. Maybe Nike's just like you know what, we'll do our own our own thing. I mean, they did their own thing with Galen Rupp yeah. for the half a couple months back where it was just him and the, I forget, the up to Japanese. Yeah. My guess is someone telling me that Nike doesn't have enough athletes to, to do it is wrong. I would say it's more that if Nike's going to put on something like this, they want to own it. They want to do yeah, it on, on their terms. More control, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And let's talk about, real quick, the shoe that Sarah Hall and... Was Emma Bates wearing the shoe as well? Yeah. Okay. It's like a uh, well, they were wearing different. They were wearing different prototypes of Asics super shoes. So Asics had several shoes there, apparently, or three. I want to say three shoes. Is that several? Yeah, or I think four is several. A few, a few is, is three. three. They had a few prototypes there. In talking with our friends at Asics, 
and they are all stuff that's in development that is proprietary to ASICs. You're going to see a lot of them have the Meta Racer upper on it. I think there was ones that didn't have the Meta Racer upper on them, uh, but it was you know we didn't get a real good close up of all the shoes, and you could see a little bit of a tooling difference in some of the uh, sidewalls of the foam uh, on some of the shoes. So clearly, I thought that Sarah Hall's looked like the thickest of the um, foams that were out there. Yeah, but I mean, it's pretty exciting seeing these finishes from Sarah Hall in this shoe. Can't wait. Can't wait to get in 2021. Okay. Sarah Hall's kick. Is there anybody who oh, has man. a better finishing kick after a marathon? Like that's some sick ass kicking because I mean, yeah, I can sprint to the finish of a marathon. That's because I'm running in the sevens if I'm feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, there's there's probably extra room there. But someone who's been gutting out a close to sub five minute mile for 26.2 miles to be like, all right, let's let's wrap this up. What's crazy, too, because she ran London, what, 11 weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then came Which back. Which was a PR <laughs> right. for her then. And yeah. then she dropped another, what was it, 96 seconds yeah. for another PR 11 weeks later. Yeah. Same. Well, you know, it's, it, it's also got to be great because we also talked to Kira about her finally beating her husband's PR in the marathon. So that bragging right to the house. But like, think about this. Ryan and Sarah Hall have like top American marathoner titles. It's a power couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least fast. Yeah. Ryan's now going for like deadlift champion. Right. I don't know. He wants to bench his whole family in one fell swoop. Yeah. He's like, try this, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that pretty much wraps up the marathon part. Any other athlete you want to talk about that was running? I mean, we saw Scotty Fobbs out there. He did a, a Fobble, I'm sorry. Yeah. Scott Fobble out there. Um, I don't know why yeah, he came Scotty Fobbs. He came in fourth place. And then, yeah, interestingly, Jared Ward, who was kind of up there in the beginning, he fell off. He had an eight-minute positive split and fell off coming That's in like 35th place. So a bad day. 35th? Yeah. Wow. So I'm not, not sure what happened there, but um yeah otherwise kellen taylor came in podium uh, spot number three yeah number three uh so two hoka there's two hoka athletes right there who did fairly well between scott fobble and kellen Kellen taylor that is strange we didn't see a sock shoe in the um in the podium yeah uh, except will Drotty. right yeah one one other thing was there was two athletes natasha wodak and andrea ramirez from canada mexico and they got their Olympic standard. Standard. Nice. Oh wow! So I, they're going to be. Who do they run for? Canada and Mexico. So, I believe they'll be. Do you know who they're sponsored by? Uh, it's there. It says unattached one okay. here. So I'm guessing they didn't have. Yeah, they didn't have sponsors at the time. I Actually, mean, there's one, one other person from Mexico who ran the standard. It was a, it was a good day for, um, you know, Asics, Hoka, and. Um, I think it was a good day for running i think Soccer. it's something we all kind of yeah. needed and wanted through this pandemic yeah but i'm just saying i like the brands <laughs> <laughs> sure so here's our first check-in for today i'm guessing you are pretty pumped because you're probably able to run a little later in the day or something than you normally would or more relaxed because it's the holiday and you're not having to worry about you know work stuff Although a lot of us are staying home with COVID, so maybe we're not worrying about work stuff anyway, and you're running whenever you want. But anyway, enjoy the run. Enjoy the day. We'll be back in a little bit. Let's get into our shoe this week. A shoe that we got sent from Kraft, and apparently 
if you believe what was written in there, we got one of 30 pairs. Well, no, because they sent us three pairs. So we would actually have 10% of all the pairs available. In the whole world. Yeah. So we got one size seven that Megan's going to run in. We got two size nines. I guess one was for Robbie and one was for me. And uh, not to jump too far ahead, but we are not size nine. Yeah. So it's kind of all around us, but not. Not in the sweet spot. Not in the sweet spot of our actual size. And did you say the actual model name, the Craft? CTM. Ultra Carbon. Ultra Carbon. Yeah. And we actually, well, we did two things. One, I cut the front of mine open so I could run in it and try it out. And then we took the other size nine and we sent it over to Kafuzi. And he's going to review it, run in it, review it, video review, write it up. And um, give us his thoughts for Believe in the Run, which is awesome because we're huge fans of his and would love to hear his thoughts and have them on our channel. So that's great. Yeah. So quick backstory. Let's talk about crafts a little bit because I don't think a lot of people might even know about them. Mm -hmm. They're not exactly a big name in the running shoe game. So craft is from Sweden. High-end performance gear. A lot of cycling gear. Um Less running, but they had gear for running. They just didn't have shoes. Yeah, and so a few months back, we started seeing this specific model that we have, which is like a zebra-striped prototype shoe that you can... I think see. we actually saw a white-out version of it first. Yeah, I think it was on uh, Tommy Ribs. And you can actually see this shoe that we have on our Instagram. But it started popping up on him because they were developing the shoe with him, of course, before he got um, really sick. So... This is his prototype or model or signature yeah. model, I should say, that they sent us. And, and the, the reasoning behind it, are you going to get into the reason? No, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like I would compare it to an SUV. So you can drive the SUV on a road, get your groceries, do all your stuff you need to do, but it also has some off-road capabilities. So this shoe is meant for the ultra distance, it's supposed to be comfortable, smooth through your stride. And it can handle the roads and it can handle off-road. And I ran in it and I'll tell you a little bit about that after we go over the shoe a little bit more and give you like what I thought of the performance. But why don't we get into some of the details of the shoe? Yeah, so the upper is made of a polyester ultralight mesh, as they call it. What would you compare the upper to in other shoes, maybe? I mean, it's like a heavy-duty... Um, Super breathable. Yeah, but it's it's strong. It's it's a heavy duty material. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's like a cross between engineered mesh and what was originally on like the Vaporfly. Okay, yeah. And then we got the midsole, which is the Kraft Vault Foam. I don't actually have the. Like, it's EVA, but they said specially treated EVA. So yeah. I don't even know what that means. Like, does it mean that it has some especially treated it means yeah. that it was given a lot of pampering <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a child it was, they put stripes on it <laughs> it um, went to private school yeah it it feels nice i will tell you that the cushioning is nice it's not the lightest of shoes so it's not like a p-backs but we're also thinking this is a shoe that they want for the ultra so when you're talking about performance wise and a shoe like uh with you know like a zoom x that doesn't going to have the durability that a shoe that I think an ultra runner is going to want. This shoe will definitely hold up 
better than say a vapor fly yeah and the design of the midsole actually reminds us and other people a lot of the brooks hyperion elite 2 wouldn't you say that boat type looking yeah it does i mean just geometry it's got the ledge off the back it has some some similar uh design qualities that i would say say there not as wide as the hyperion elite 2 through the throat and everything but yeah the the cushioning feels pretty good underfoot and it it has a carbon plate wedged in the midsole so you do get that rigid feel off but as far as carbon plates go robbie can see i'm taking the shoe and squeezing it a little bit and it's pretty flexible for a shoe with a carbon plate yeah yeah so and the and then the outsole has this super aggressive outsole for a for a road shoe i would say it does but honestly and i guess we can get into the running part now it didn't feel that bad on the road like on the road it felt pretty smooth like i had no issues with it at all like running on concrete wood decking bricks uh we pretty much covered everything i i was going out for a six mile run it ended up being a seven mile run and i just really enjoyed the ride as a matter of fact even with the toes cut out since yeah this was i got just... a little blister on my big toe on my right foot but that was my fault i didn't cut away enough of the material on one side was this you don't cut the toes out of your shoes all the time no i try not to okay um but things that i do like about it the gusseted tongue of course Duh. always there um it is smartly designed where that has padding so that when the laces are go over it it feels comfortable the upper is super breathable especially with a hole in the front <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but and then the midsole felt really good underfoot and as a matter of fact as we were running, it was just an easy run. I was running, uh, like I said, supposed to go out for six and ended up doing seven. Running with a couple couple guys and we were at conversation pace. So we were talking, having fun and ended up running around 7.56 pace, which for me is a little bit on the quicker pace for an easy run. So efficiently, uh, as far as efficiency goes, the shoe is pretty smooth underfoot. Okay, and we didn't talk about the weight yet, which is right under 10 ounces at 9.8 ounces or 278 grams 277 i think okay so not a super light shoe but this also isn't a racer which i think a lot of people when they saw the shoe were thinking it was going to be like another lightweight crazy super shoe racer but this is more of your well-built heavy duty like a shoe that's just going to last a long time but it's still going to give you a, a great ride yeah. some pop I definitely think it's for what it's intended for. It's the right weight. I, in talking to one of the guys from Kraft, they are coming out with a lighter weight race day shoe. Okay. So there is one coming that's going to have less rubber on the outsole. So this would be more for of a road racing daily is, trainer type shoe. No, this is truly for racing, but it's for those long ultra races where you have sections of road, sections of dirt, okay. sections of fire roads, sections of sand. Like this shoe is built. Like I said, like a SUV, it's like going to carry you over a lot of different terrain. I'm very interested to see how this compares to the North Face shoe that's coming out, which seems like it's going to be a similar type shoe. The trail shoe that's a carbon plated racer as well. Yeah, but is that is this one is specifically, I think, for like that crossover. Like this is your cross. This is the crossover. I know. That's what I'm wondering, though, is that if the North Face shoe is going to be similar to that because we haven't really see yeah i don't know what i do know about this is i really like this shoe i'm excited to try it when it comes out in my size um 
So I'm not going to run any more miles in it. So the seven that I ran is my impression, and that's what I'm going. With. I think Kafuzi will be able to give us good, yeah, good breakdown. And he'll throw on some big miles on it, so that'll be great. Um, yeah, I oh. I like the shoe. I'm excited about Kraft entering this this market, and I think that this is the kind of shoe that if you were looking this, you know what this would be perfect for what, um, like the JFK 50 miler. Yeah, like yeah. this can handle lots of miles, rail trail, rail trail, exactly. rail trail. So. Uh, this shoe releases on, I think, January 20th, January 16th? Yeah, it's Some, mid January. For, what was it? They're saying it's going to be in the U.S. around 230 so it could be a little less, a little more, but 230 is the price they're projecting. Okay, cool. So check it out. Uh, hopefully we'll have a review up soon. We'll have, we have a couple of video previews up on the, on YouTube and if you want to see some some more photos of it, check out our Instagram. Yeah, definitely check out. I did a um, YouTube video where you can see how I cut the shoe. And I did one before I went out and one after the run. And so pretty much wraps up my thoughts on it from that day. Cool. All right. So normally in this portion of the week, we're just talking about our each other's running. But this week we have Ben Johnson on, special guest. Uh, you may know him from Instagram, but you may also know he reviews here for us at Believe in the Run. So uh, big welcome to Ben. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be on. Yeah, so Ben, um, we we normally talk about our running right now. Like we get into like how things have been going. You've done a bunch of virtual challenges. You've actually run marathons during uh, this period of COVID. What do you got going on right now? Yeah, right now I have nothing, uh, nothing special on the schedule. Definitely getting ready for the uh, Winter Grit 300. Uh, I managed to do that twice over the summer, and I'm signed up again this winter. So I'm a little bit in a kind of a, a down period, easy week right now. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we'll be ready for that extra high mileage coming up here in January. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, yeah, with, with your current haircut, I'm, I'm thinking you're going <laughs> to want that hat. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, are you going to run all those miles outside? That's what I'm trying to know. Uh, probably not. I don't think so. Minnesota gets pretty rough, uh, with the ice, uh, and the snow during the winter. So I will usually run outside unless it's way too icy. Um, and then I'll, I'll take it to the treadmill. So I'm lucky enough to have a treadmill at my house so I can take advantage of that on the, on the days when it is really slippery out there. Let me ask you when it is icy or snowy and you want to get out there, do you use a specific shoe or spikes or the mm -hmm. classic Hack tracks. The hex screw, <laughs> the Home Depot. Yeah, the, 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 home, the Home Depot screw has been my my go-to. So I got a bag of those sitting in the garage and I'll just pick whichever, whichever shoe I, I feel good about and, and put a bunch of screws in them. And I found that I have very good luck uh, with that, especially on some of the icy trails when it is little bit snowy and slick i usually don't don't like to do it for any type of speed work or intervals or anything like that but on an easy day i find that uh a dollar or two worth of screws from home depot uh, really does the trick yeah but you're not going to stick that in an alpha fly <laughs> i actually have a pair of vapor flies that i did that to last year i wanted That's to run a couple a couple races over the winter where it was pretty slippery out and i felt like uh vapor flies just my go-to and i stuck some screws in there and it, it worked out just fine all right so quick quick question race wise you're lining up it's a 13.1 mm -hmm. you have the adidas adios pro and you have the alpha fly which one are you going with I feel like I get this question all the time on Instagram and my answer is always the alpha fly. 
and people say that I'm biased towards Nike, but I think I, I have my own personal preferences and I really like the Alpha Fly. I found that it just feels the fastest and the bounciest. And even down on, on some of the shorter 5K, 10K stuff, it still feels like a good shoe to me. I think the Adios Pro is pretty close, but um, it's just not, not quite there, at least for me. Best best racing shoe of 2020, according to Believe in the Run. Yeah, yep. but I, I, I see you have, like, a lot of people are going back and forth between Alpha Fly and the uh, Vapor Fly. And what do you think the reasoning is behind that? And why do you think the Alpha Fly doesn't get, uh, I mean, it gets hype, but it doesn't seem to have the same level of dedication that the Vapor Fly is. It's ability to get it, the price. What do you think? I think it's probably a little of both. I do think when you get it on foot the first time, it does feel pretty big and heavy. And I think that turns off quite a few people, even the people that have uh, been been able to try it and kind of compare it back and forth. Cause I do think they feel quite a bit different. The Vaporfly kind of has that feeling where when you tow off, it feels really responsive and quick and it gives it kind of that racing flat feeling. Whereas I think the Alpha Fly, it just has so much under the foot. It, it feels like you're, you're bouncing along. Um, and I think it's just a different feeling and it's not, not necessarily for everyone. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that feeling. May, what about you? Yeah. The alpha fly is my favorite shoe ever. <laughs> ever. Even though you yep. punctured one of the, the tires. In yeah. It, so now, to speak. No, now I'm just trying to get a new pair. So. <laughs> All right. And th there's, there's a rumor. I know that Meg, Robbie, and I will all be at the Woodlands and some other uh, Believe in the Run people as well, Pro probably Jared, and we got Dave Ames. Um, I even heard, like, I think Taylor and, and Don could be were thinking a about large it. Group. What, do you, what are you thinking? you going to head down? I'm thinking about it. I, I like uh, going, to, going to Texas once in a while to hang out. I've never been to that area, but it sounds like it might be a fun one to run, hopefully. What are, what are the dates for it again? March 6th. March. And Minnesota's probably still freaking freezing. <laughs> yeah, it'll still be cold there. I just recently started thinking about what I want to do uh, for spring marathons. It seems like it's still very much going to be up in the air on what actually runs and what doesn't. So I've been a little bit wishy-washy on committing to anything, but March in Texas doesn't sound too bad to me. Yeah, and we're pretty confident it's going to go off. They're doing a lot of things to uh, make sure the race happens. So uh, fingers crossed, but we, we bought our plane tickets. We have our hotel. We're, we're ready to go. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it. Of the, of the Alpha Flies, what's your favorite model so far, color-wise and, and stuff? Oh, I think I like the Bright Mango, at least of the ones that I have so far. But that the new yellow one, the Ekaden version, that, that supposedly is coming out. I think it's out in Japan right now. I'm really hoping it comes to the U.S. because I think that is, that's the one for me, the most, the coolest one. I think that one... That one seems almost just as polarizing uh, as any of the colors where it, it's either you love it or hate it. But for me, I think it looks awesome and it has like a holographic type paint on it. And I think that looks really cool. So I'm hoping that one will come and then I'll, then I'll have to, I'll have to buy another pair. <laughs> you know what? I did have one last question for you. Why in the hell do you end every single run in 0.99 on your <laughs> GPS? Watch? Uh, I think it, it's, it's more just to, uh, just to, to get a little bit of extra interest on Instagram because it seems like people just gravitate to that. Once they see it, they just have to leave a comment. I think it's the same thing. Just like you, you can't, you can't see it and not uh, have some type of emotional response to that. Yeah. <laughs> you're a good, uh, psychological you're a good influencer. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, then. Hey, thanks for coming on, and we will chat with you again. Probably have you on again because we yes. only have a handful of reviewers. So bringing you guys into our weekly run discussion, uh, we'll do it. You know, for us, it's been a pretty boring week. Um, I'm just getting ready. I'm going to do a – I think I'm going to do it tomorrow, a half, and that's maybe been why I was asking you about the shoes because I'm leaning towards the Apple Fly, but just in case, wanted to know if I should be strapping on the Audios Pro. But uh, Robbie, you got anything good coming on this week? No. No, Robbie's still on his truck. <laughs> Celebrating Christmas, making sure I take care of all those cookies that are in and out of the house. Yeah, what about you, Megan? How's running going? It's good. Nothing special. Just logging miles. So back with another check-in. Did you know that we're already past the winter self... What do you call it? Celtic solstice. solstice? We're already past the winter solstice, and the days are going to be getting longer. So more light. That means you're going to be in light more often when you're running, unless you're running at night a lot and maybe in the early mornings. I don't know. Anyway, days are getting longer. Enjoy that. This week, we have a special guest. It's Matt Centrowitz, who is the coach of Kira D'Amato when she was at American University and is still a coach at Manhattan University up in New York and also the father of Matthew Centrowitz, who runs for Nike and is an Olympic gold medalist. So enjoy this. I always enjoy talking to someone from the Bronx. So get ready for a fun interview with Matt Centrowitz. It's our great honor today to be joined by Matthew Centrowitz Sr. And he's gonna give us a little information today. Why don't you give our audience a little background because not all of our audience knows everything about running. They know a lot about shoes, but we're trying to get them into, you know, some of this history and you're a big part of it. So why don't you give us a rundown? Great. Okay. Well, um, we'll start off by correcting you. We go by a Matt Centrowitz. Okay. okay. So we get square right away. So my, <laughs> we son, my son is known as Matthew Centrowitz. So we keep ourselves That's how you do separate. It? It comes in handy when people refer to us, and there is no such thing as a Matthew Centrowitz Jr. There's no junior. Okay. So there's a lot of misconceptions out there. So we straighten that right out. And uh, you see, I'm right getting coached. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right I saw the right foot here with the uh, old coach here. Yeah. So I'm uh, being 66 years old. I've been in this sport for 50 years, uh, more than 50 years as a coach or an athlete. Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun for me to talk uh, to you and anybody about running and a great sport that we all love and participate in. But, um, I started, um, uh, <clears throat> in the Bronx, um, and that's where I'm talking to you from the same zip code I had in high school. I returned here. So I started when 14 years old and, uh, did the same thing everybody did in high school is happy to be part of the team, join the team and you got better each year. And I set, I set several state records along the way, including the uh, still high school record for the 1500 meters, which is 343.4. And uh, the mile record is 402, uh, ninth set 1973. So uh, I'm still relevant in this neighborhood or slash state <laughs> anyway. But I've got knocked down quite a bit. Uh, a lot of kids run faster, and that's great to see. Well, um, yeah, that's, that's the goal, especially as a coach. You got to hope that happens. Yeah, but you know, there, yeah, well, <clears throat> there was a lot of time. But uh, when you set records, you don't really 
the first couple of years, I didn't really want him broken. You know what I'm saying? But um, I'm well aware of that now as, as an old star, I always root for the young kids and uh, there's a lot of kids who have come close, but haven't had the right race for whatever reason. So I, I did, did that. How did you get started in running period? Like what was, what well, <clears throat> I started running actually because um, <clears throat> they didn't, I kind of wasn't, I like running. Uh, we had neighborhood sports and I played in the neighborhood. I never belonged to a formal team until high school. So it was exciting, very exciting for me, part of, part of a, a team, organized sport uh, where you had, a, you know, a uniforms, warm-ups. I mean, that shit was, I was out of my mind with that <laughs> stuff. I mean, you know, you talk about equipment, you know, I was running in uh, high-top sneakers and now I had to go get track sneakers and uh, that was wonderful. And I loved all that stuff. So it was a very exciting and a uh, lot different to, today than it was uh, 1969 when I started high school. And I got to say, I love that you're calling yeah. sneakers. I call them sneakers too. I know That's people, right. You know, you had sneakers. And the whole reason they call them sneakers was they had rubber bottoms so you could sneak around. But That's it. That makes sense. And especially in New York, you needed sneakers, man. Yeah. We do a lot of bad things around here. Yeah. So you actually, uh, you know, not to get too far ahead, but you kind of did the opposite thing that I did is you were from the Bronx and you moved out to uh, Oregon later on in your running. And I, I came from California and went to New York and then hmm. came down to Baltimore. So we, we crossed country. Uh, so running after you got out of high school, that, that pretty much cleared the way for you to do a lot of stuff. But before we get to that, because this, yeah. this just popped in my head, I want to know, you're a fast kid in the Bronx. There's other sports. Right. How come you, how did running suck you in and not end up on a soccer team, football <clears throat> team, baseball team? Great, great question. Uh, first of all, my school didn't offer all those sports. That was a good point. But obviously, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. the games we played in the, in my Bronx neighborhood was running sports, and I was good at it. So they had uh, tryouts for track that day, and uh, the the coach, who is a um, a great coach, he won lots of championships. So they spoke highly of him. So I figured if he's a great coach, um, maybe he could make me a good runner. So I went out for track and I didn't know everybody's on the team anyway, but I thought it was special that I made the team. But uh, in retrospect, everybody was, nobody was cut. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much of an accomplishment it was, but uh, at the time I felt damn good about myself. Okay. Yeah. Damn good. That's awesome. And as a coach, you probably had to cut people. That can't feel good. No, I actually never cut kids. <clears throat> kids eliminate themselves. They get to, you know, they don't fit in either. They don't fit in with the team the way they think, or you know, some of the kids we had, you know, the, the, in the through the decades, they were, you know, they were into other things and they didn't fit in with socially what the team was doing. And most of the kids are pretty straight, and uh, some of them might have been a little too wild, and uh, you know, they they get ignored, so they don't get the attention that they're looking for and, uh, you know, the, the success that they're looking for and the friendships. Like, I, everything, I clicked with all my teams, uh, high school and college, and um, where my best friends are all from track. And I still stay in touch with kids from high school and, you know. A lot of that has to do, though, you, you, you had talent. And you no, no, my brother was a year behind me, and he's just as – actually, he's probably more popular because he was more available. I was kind of a – too busy. I was kind of like Alex. When he goes to work, I go to work. And when I play, I play really hard. Yeah. But my, um, I'm not accessible 
in between. There's no in between gear with me. And uh, my brother was a normal guy where he'd go to practice, hang out, drink sodas with the guys, and then <laughs> socialize after the meet. I was went home, did more running, or uh, if I didn't run well, I'd go pouting on my way home or whatever's going on. So yeah. um, I wasn't and, quite in the blood normal. No, I was just going to say for the people who are listening who don't know who Alex is, uh, Alex oh, yeah. is our connection. He's one of the people that you coach. Um, and uh, don't blame that on me, man. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's part time. He moved to Philly, man. I am not responsible for Alex. Please, yeah. I'll put it on my resume. So that that's our that's the way that we've been introduced. And as crummy as a runner as he is, um, you know, he's a super nice guy that, that helps oh, us out. <laughs> oh man, that was rough, man. I I'm don't just kidding. That Alex is an amazing runner, and uh, yeah. he's, he's running with some. <laughs> running with some amazing people in Philly. Like, uh, you know, one of the guys is even running the uh, marathon project this weekend. Yeah, that's you know, right. In one of his training partners. And Alex had told me not to go too deep into Alex here, but uh, he had <laughs> told me that when you first met him, he ran as hard as he could. And you're like, yeah, you're not the greatest runner, but you work hard. So <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll work with you. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the hard work. We'll give them, we'll grant them that. We gotta let, we gotta get that hard work, connect them with his talent, and I think we'll see wonderful things. We've talked about uh, to other coaches about how they, you know, with the people they work with, how do they know who's going to be successful and not successful? And um, you know, Coach Bennett from Nike, who I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but he does all the voices for the, the Nike training program app. Right. He he was saying that the he just uncovers the athlete do you feel the same philosophy or do you have a way that you're like you see something in somebody or you feel like you can get work out of someone like what is it that you look for in someone that you're coaching well i go there that's a good before i jump ahead to that answer what is uncover i didn't follow i i know coach bennett quite a bit yeah he's new jersey guy not quite the bronx but, uh, yeah, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, the, uh, but he, um, he's saying that the, the athletes there, he just, he just brings out the, the best in that athlete or, or, or he's like, he's not, he's not taking a kid and making a runner. He's taking a runner and making them run better kind of thing. True, true. Well, that's, that's the exciting part of being a good coach is that you, you learn things. It's a, it's a meeting of two people and we both learn from each other. I think it, if it's a one-way street, that's a dictatorship. And I never really, I never responded to those kind of coaches. And I, I really, you know, you got to be on time. Certain rules, you got to be. You got to be on time. You got to work out, you, you know, certain things like that. But basically, you, everyone has so different talents out there. And that's makes it so exciting to me, a new, new athlete. And to uncover that or to explore all these different options. And sometimes I'm on the wrong street and no one bats a thousand. But, you know, there's certain things that I bring out in people that they didn't know about themselves sometimes, or they they bring out stuff that I didn't, you know, they teach me new lessons every day. So it's kind of a, a mutual benefit that we both learn from each other. I don't think it's a one-way street. Do you have a particular style that you would say? Yeah, no style. <laughs> no style. No style. I have no, no style. Really I don't believe is. in style. It really is, just style. depends on the person you're working with. You're kind of... It's all different types of talents, personalities. Uh, I've, I've dealt... Um, I'd have to say, you know, to define who the greatest coach is is a definition. But I've never... I've never... I've dealt with so many different ages 
through the years. And I've enjoyed them all. I think that's a kind of wide range. I've had, you know, great athletes and I've had some real terrible athletes that improved well, you know, and they enjoyed the sport um, just like you have. And uh, that's the thing. You have to love to run the run. I, I think I want to create an environment where kids can be themselves and young people and they learn. We are, we will learn from each other and the team and the team grows beyond my scope. And that's when the team becomes great is when it, they take on a new role. I'm, I just get out of the way and watch them go. And it sounds funny then. I don't lead, lead the pack, the pack leads. And I follow along once in a while, chirp some shit, but most of the time. It's, <laughs> <laughs> and, and most of the time. Yeah. It's not like you haven't, I'm going to jump around a little bit here just because like, I feel like you're like a rich source of all different kinds of information. Cause not only a coach, not only did you, you start off running in the Bronx and go over to Oregon and then end up running against athletes like pre, you know, we're going to jump back to coaching because there's some people that you're coaching now that I'm interested in talking about. But before that, I want to go back to your time in Oregon and yes. going from the Bronx after, after high school, we head out to Oregon and now you're running, you're running against some of the athletes that now have become legends like pre stuff like that. Right. What what was that like for you to go from the talent pool in the Bronx to the talent out there? Well, that's a great question. Um, a very, very broad question. I could spend the next hour with just that uh, transition. But it, and a lot of a lot of kids are probably listening to this. But the interesting point was it's so different today. But uh, obviously, I just I met Coach Dillinger was the reason why I went there. Coach Dillinger was a three-time Olympian and uh, bronze medalist in the 5,000 meters. It had nothing to do with Prefontaine, but he had coached um, several runners. But I just felt the connection with him as a as a coach athlete. And I think when you're a top athlete um, and or top person, you have radar that's beyond the norm. And when you connect with somebody, a good feeling, and I had a great feeling with him, and I told everybody was surrounded pre. I didn't even talk to pre. I talked to Dillinger when I was hanging out with the Oregon team. I knew some of the kids, but I went to Oregon without never visiting Oregon. I never, I couldn't probably, I couldn't spell Oregon and probably couldn't find it on a map at that time. I knew it was out there somewhere, but basically um, didn't matter to me. Whatever it was uh, there, I was going to cope slash adopt and run faster because of Coach Dillinger. Whatever the, if it rained a lot, I don't give a shit. You know, whatever <laughs> was gonna be there, it's it's there. You know, I mean, but, it's also a different time because Oregon now is kind of a hipster spot, and you know, there's you stuff know, out there. When <laughs> when you were out there, even when I lived out on the West Coast, Oregon was kind of this like logging slash. You know, it it there was no sophistication. So going from the Bronx, where there's entertainment, restaurants, culture all this stuff and then heading out to Oregon where you probably couldn't find even a slice of pizza. No. I mean, it had to be a little bit of culture shock for you. It was huge. It was, it was a lot of different things about it. It was the first state to decriminalize pot. Everybody was smoking pot. And there was a lot of hippies out there. Like you're saying, uh, girls didn't dress like my girlfriends did in the <laughs> Bronx in New York city. Uh, Saturday night fever just came out. And, uh, you know, I was, I was using a blow dryer, I had hair and I was using a blow dryer. These people didn't even take a bath. It was different, but I came there for a reason to run fast. I didn't come there to be popular. I didn't come there to look good. I didn't come there to impress kids. I didn't come there to be class president. I came there to run fast. 
and reach my goals, which is to be a sub four minute miler. And if I had a shot at making an Olympic team, um, I felt Bill would bring that out in me. So it was only one reason I was there, to be coached by Bill Dillinger and to be the best runner I could be. And how old were you at that time? I had transferred. The other part that you have to know is I went to Manhattan College as a freshman in my neighborhood. And uh, I loved my teammates. I loved the environment. But I was from this neighborhood. I was tired of this same environment. I was looking for a change. And I certainly got a handful of change <laughs> when I went out there. So I was a little overwhelmed at first. Um, but I coped and I uh, was homesick the first semester. And once track season came, I was got a P, big PR, and I was high. I was seventh in the nation as my first year. And transfer student coach Dillinger warned me that this was not going to be easy, and um, every, he never had a transfer student ever make it. And looking back at and since that time, the transferring is is really is catch it's iffy situation because kids you know they're running away from problems maybe whatever they're doing and after a while you're still stuck with yourself and no matter what the environment is but I was looking for a change and I got it so I was happy and I thrived in that environment and I have a lot of great friends that are ducks and I have a lot of great friends that are still jaspers to this day so it, I mean it was I, a, the yeah. reason behind that yeah. question was I'm just like you know when I when I was in college I was a mess you know right. you know my my focus what I was after at that time was probably more social than right. uh, focused on a sport. It's always interesting to me when you talk to someone who had at a very early age, had a focus, a laser focus, knew what they wanted and were able to manifest it. Right. And you know, that's, that's where. Well, it's the laser focus, but it's also like how lucky I am. I, you know, you talk about luck and I mean that pure luck to stumble into track to find your passion in life at 14, where basically, uh, if you ever read my book, I was already arrested, I was already locked up, I was already doing drugs, yeah, there you go. So all that stuff we'll get into, I was already a lost kid. So now I wander into this room called track with great coaches, great teammates, all different colors, all different experiences, and I learned from them as the best education by far I don't care what what college you go to, being part of a track team with all these different events, all these different thinking, it's such a great education. And and I loved it. And I just thrived in it. And to this day, I, I've never felt anything better than track people. Um, and track and field people are the best. And they're still my best friends on the planet. So my kids have all enjoyed it too. So, it, you know. Running has given you tons of, of uh, I, I don't even know, say like, benefits in your life right, right. like but it's that's not even saying it well enough right. I'm, I'm not okay. using it, it my vocabulary very well here but you you have it, it's pretty much given you an entire life i mean now your son's into it and stuff but tell yeah. me what it's like when you break an american record and you realize it and you come across that line and you just now shattered the 5k record well, that's a great question, and I have to be honest with you. Um, you're probably not going to like my answer, but basically when you break a 5K record, you've been doing it for a lot of years, 5Kng, and you've been doing a lot of training. So it's kind of like you've rehearsed it in your head a million times. So when you give the greatest performance of your life, 
everybody stand up cheering, going crazy, shock, surprise, all stuff. But meanwhile, you've already thrown a million <laughs> times in your head. And well, what the hell you think I was going to do out here? I already knew this shit. Fucking, uh, I put this down four years ago, and I'll be take such and such time, and I'll be ready to go. So, um, hate to say it, but it was a great feeling when you do reach a goal that you set for yourself. But I'd hardly say the shocker is, is when you do something that you never anticipated. So it's a little bit different. Um, not too many, you know, some people have that. I've never had that, uh, that, that big of a jump, or I would say too much, um, you know, that, that way I couldn't believe it. You know, it's like my son went to gold medal. I had to say that's more of a <laughs> shock to me than my own running. Cause, uh, I was pretty steady and, uh, I didn't never had any, you know, win Olympic gold medal, or win Olympic trials, but it was, I was supposed to win, you know what I'm saying? As far as I was, I was the fastest, best guy. So I can't say that either. You understand? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it also gives us a good transition because you, you bring up Matthew. <laughs> You're right. And uh, his success in running. And I think every father's dream, and I have two boys, right. is that they take an interest in something that you love because automatically there you get something to share with them. And not only is he um, giving you, coming into the area that you are passionate about, but right. he excels and, and finds his own success and his own love for the sport. Tell me what that's like as a dad, as a coach. Like, Well, yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling, but I think you gotta back up. My daughter, Lauren, was the first one in the family. Ah. So she was the first to broke the ice, and quite honestly, she was more of a student than, uh, than a, a track runner. She lived more like a student athlete, and uh, was, it was fantastic, obviously. She went on, you know, been a great student going on to Stanford, becoming a school record as a walk-on, becoming a school record holder. She far, far exceeded my expectations and the hopes and dreams for her. So to see someone excel on the track and in the library at the same time, and I and I was part of that journey, was uh, more rewarding in some ways than uh, actually Matthew's gold medal because that was, you know, that was more that was very fulfilling for me to watch her execute. Um, How did they start getting uh, into running? Were they just going on jogs with their dad? Like, yeah, something like the, the dad and mom did a lot. Of, we were a very active family, number one. But the thing that that, that they liked that they uh, told me years later was um, we socialized in our sport. So we would go on family vacations with other teammates or other runners, and their kids would all be active. And you know, we weren't. Uh, it was all about the kids, and we did you know, swimming, running, uh, tennis. We did a lot of stuff, golf together and fun. So they, they grew up with an active lifestyle. And then we socialized. We all went out to breakfast. One of the things that my daughter, I remember, we all went out to you know, 10, five couples, have a big breakfast after a run. And we're sitting there for hours talking about bullshitting about running and, uh, you know, workouts or we used to be this, just laughing and having fun. And, you, you know, when you socialize within the sport, it's different than going to a bar. You got to be a party with adults only. You know, the kids were part of the club. Yeah. And we're celebrating their successes, their breakthroughs. And it's exciting for when I talk to someone else's kids and one of my best friends talks to my kids and encourages them. It's a, a great reinforcement for them instead of dad all the time pulling them out of I never had to do that. They didn't want to get out of bed, which they always did. They, they, I wouldn't uh, set the clock for them. They had to do it themselves. Final check-in. Boy, burning off those Christmas cookies must feel good. I don't know about you, but I'm probably going to hit 
a few cocktails this holiday season. So these runs are going to be sweating it out. Don't smell my jacket when I'm done. <laughs> anyway, enjoy your run. Merry Christmas. Have a great new year. We'll talk to you soon. So let's transition now. You, you're a coach and you've been a coach for a while. And we recently interviewed someone that I was really impressed with, which was Kiara D'Amato. And she's running the marathon project this Sunday. And talk about tough. Like she, she has just decided, you know, after being a mom, realtor, has her family, has her kids. And she's going out there and she's competing now, not sponsored and crushing it and just took the American record for the 10 mile for women. Like, what was she like to coach? Well, um, she's very, very unique and very, very, um, so many great qualities of it and very balanced uh, person and uh, very, and lots and lots of fun and loves, loves to win, very competitive, anything and loves to work hard. Well, no matter what she's doing, um, whether it's for her family or her, her friends, um, I have lots of uh, mem great memories with her and uh, stuff that she did. She gave me a, uh, one of the things when she graduated, she gave me a, an album of the whole year that she put together herself, a picture results of the whole year, 52 weeks of results wow. and comments that every page will make you laugh, cry. It'll bring an emotion out of something, even the bus driver that we had, I forgot his name. She had him in the picture of him in my damn album. And that's pretty amazing. And the facility manager um, that we had was in the book. Everybody was in there. And, uh, and this is when you know, you're coaching at American university, right? Correct. I'm sorry. Yeah. She was at American university. The other thing, which you probably didn't know about her. And I, I don't know how, if I can statistically speak, and we entered her date, she was our athlete of the year many times, but they did a national search for, I think it's all sports or maybe track, I can't remember the title, but she made the finals of the like top 10 people today, flew her down to Atlanta and they interviewed her and she just and that. She, meanwhile, she didn't win a national championship, but I would say the other parts of Kira was even more impressive than her, I don't know. She was. She never lost to Molly Huddle in uh, cross country. She was big <laughs> time All American, yeah. and she was at the top. Certainly, she must have been about fifth place. I can't remember the time, which is out, out, very outstanding. But uh, she didn't have a title. She went further, I think, with the other other qualities, which is a reflection of her family, her hard work, all her her uh, her tools, and she has a ton of tools to use. Okay. Were there other athletes at American that you uh, felt stood out with their efforts and with their stuff that we would know now? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of them on there. Some of them, you know, took a couple of years to get going. And, uh, but yeah, there was, all, there was a great team and great people. There were better people than they were athletes, including Kara. Um, even though she was a four-time All-American and uh, obviously ran 16 minutes, approximately 16 minutes, and which is a hell of a time for, for a collegiate that was, you know, a middle distance runner. So she did wonderful, but uh, she kept going and she's tougher now. And I think, you know, that's where distance running is. I'm not totally shocked. She's a great, able to handle time management. She's very organized and uh, very disciplined. And I'm not surprised at all. Um, if she puts her mind to it, that's her goal. She's going to achieve it. That's awesome. We're, we're rooting for her this weekend. You've also been coaching um, an Asian 
uh, team, right? My Asian team, uh, the Chinese. But uh, they're gone now. They uh, they fly home before the virus hit here. They I should have known. We should all flew to Cuba. They're before. like, hey, we're out of here. They were out of here, man. They knew what was coming, man. They. Uh, so yeah, I'm not trying to be funny. That's how did you, how did you uh, hook up with them, and how did you start uh, coaching them? It's funny. It's, uh, some guy came to the national championships and was asking around with coaches, uh, who's the best coach, and somehow my name came up, um, recommended me, and uh, they sent they sent their distance run to Kenya. And they sent their, uh, I think their girls to Oregon, and they sent their 800 and milers to the Bronx. So it's pretty cool. That's cool. Was there any uh, trouble, like kind of culturally or nah, it was language great. barriers or anything? They they had they had their own interpreter. He was a cool guy. Yeah, he lived in uh, he was living in New York anyway. But they were very uh, very disciplined, different system, and they were used to. Um, it was a different style. They enjoyed it, and they learned a lot. And they sent their one or two coaches to learn, and they thanked me. They gave me I, that's the most gifts I've ever gotten from <laughs> athletes. That's for sure. All I get from Alex is used T-shirts. <laughs> but uh, the Chinese are very, very uh, generous towards me and grateful. I enjoyed that's awesome. Experience. What do you feel? What do you think was there when they picked you to coach? Because obviously they're sending over a group to the Bronx. They're investing in your coaching that all over the world they could have gone. Like they had the guy right. in Kenya. They chose you. What do you think they were trying to get or understand from you being the coach? Uh, that's a good question. I just think uh, my own experience is that they were very familiar with what I've achieved as an athlete and a coach, as well as my son's and daughter's achievements. So I think they, were, they did their homework in that background. And felt I had the credentials to um, to bring out the best in their athletes. Yes, and experience. They were a little just stressful to, um, where we we're going to train in New York. They, they thought like all they knew was downtown Manhattan, so <laughs> it was kind of it was different. That, that they, all the great play. They loved the parks and all the places we have to run in the Bronx. So it's kind of uh, it was shocking to them. But it is a wonderful area to train in. It's one of the best I've seen on the, certainly on the East Coast easily. Yeah. So uh, what what brought you back to the Bronx after like you went out to Oregon, you ran? Great. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, basically my kids all grew up and moved away. And uh, you know, I had some great good friends there, very good friends, but I have uh, better friends in New York City and like I said, high school and college teammates. And uh, you know, uh my brother lives in Manhattan, so I, I can't afford to live in his neighborhood, but I'm <laughs> in the Bronx. I'm back from where I started from. So every street here has a great memory and it's a great place to run. So Manhattan College, the alumni contacted me from Manhattan College that are my age and they uh, supported me monetarily and uh, made it happen. So I came back with, with their uh, blessings and their trust. That's great. That's great. So as we're getting here um, towards the finish line, uh, I'm going to ask you a self-serving question. Uh, yes. We are all about shoes and gear and all that stuff. Tell, yes. tell, tell me what your uh, favorite shoe is. Well, my favorite shoe is the shoe that what everyone should done say the shoe that fits the best for me is Diodora. I honestly yeah. that's that's uh, I like it, Alex. And I, you know what? Unfortunately, at my age now, I got I'm not as flexible as I used to be in my feet, and it's just a lightweight shoe that uh, fits my foot. Um, obviously, uh, 
I'm a bigger size than most of your top runners. So uh, my foot has spread through the years and I'm happy getting it. So, so, so we're still, we're still out there uh, crushing the five K's uh, and everything. Well, we're still out there sweating a lot. I'm not sure we're crushing <laughs> anything beside uh, maybe those midsoles that I hit. The blue uh, shield. In well, I'm, I've gained quite a bit of pounds since the America record, but I enjoy, I enjoy walking and jogging, going to the gym a lot. I work out every day for an hour and I sweat a lot. So let's leave it at that. All right. So what, other than the, uh, the Volo being your favorite shoe, what would you say is if someone's looking for a coach and right. looking for characteristics of somebody who's going to bring out the best in them and they're running stuff, what advice would you give uh, the average runner? That's great. That's a good, good point. There's no, you know, the problem with your question is just, and you answer, there's no such thing as the average runner. And yeah. that's what you have to understand. And they try to do this, Bennett, they have all these theories. And they all try to sell shit to the runners and consumer, make consumers out of you guys. And basically, uh, there's no such thing. So you have to, um, each case, we're unique. Real runners are individuals. They're not part of something else. Real runners, they answer the, to the bell in their head, in their heart, like Alex is and I am. And, and some of them, don't get me wrong, I've coached a lot of social runners and that's fine you're part of the club and you fit with the group and that's a great aspect to it but if you're there it depends on what your goals are and certain like I, I coached a group one time one of my favorite groups was I had a ton of military guys in, in DC and they they chose me and because they didn't want no nonsense they didn't want to come there and be best friends they're they're all like officers and their time, their time mattered. They want to be very efficient. So I was made sure I organized. And we went right into it. And they wouldn't hang around. But they were very grateful. And they paid well. And off they went. They weren't in there. Then there's other groups. That, they're my best friends. We hung around. They take me out for beers after. You know, this and they're out of college. And uh, they worked 9 to 5. And I called it my 5 o'clock group because they had to work. And then they came there. And we practiced from 6 to 7.30. And then we go have dinner burger and beer somewhere and, and this is fun and that's a social so it depends on what you're looking for but you can't say the average runner he doesn't he or she doesn't exist what i'm saying is if most people are if they're starting to look for a coach say that you yes to a point where you're like i want to see how much i can pull out of myself okay well then then that's your goal you're trying to run your fast as you can how did how do you how does someone look for the right coaching match for that Good point. All right. Well, you have to look for a group that if you're working with an individual, do you like individual one-on-one -on -one coaching or do you like to be part of a team? There's certain things on as to how much coaching do you need? I can't, that's where it's hard to some, – some guys can get a coach, get the, the program. And one of the things we, we didn't touch on, is, uh, to be honest with you, is you didn't touch that much on Prefontaine, but there was a – yeah. There's a big controversy that goes on with Prefontaine um, that they had two coaches. He had Bowman was the head coach and Dillinger was the assistant coach. And who coached Pre? Well, they both did. But, I, you know, I didn't see Bowman around too much. So I asked – I happened to be on a run with Pre, And I asked him, I says, which coach do you like best? <laughs> and, uh, you know, because – most people wouldn't confront them, ask them stuff. I, I being Bronx, I had no problem doing that. So he said, he thought for a second, he goes, well, he says, 
Dillinger writes the best workouts on the planet. And he says, Bowerman, once in a while, every so often I need my head tuned up and I go see Bowerman. So I figured out right away I was at the right coach because I don't need my head tuned up. I just need some good damn workouts, and that's the coach for me. So it's not it's not better coach. It's just different coaches. So your goals are do you need your head tuned up? Then I'll give you a head tuned up, maybe a crack in the head. <laughs> maybe you need a kick in the ass. Or maybe it's like some kids like Kira, she needs to calm down once in a while. Not You didn't need to wind her up. She was already wound up enough. So it's so funny that answers your question. So she seems so calm and yeah till they shoot the damn gun then get out of her way trust me when your workouts she's very intense okay that's awesome uh so all right so as a coach then you have to determine who needs a head tune and who needs a just a solid workout. correct why why are they out there what are they trying to get out of this and um you know obviously alex is a guy that's very focused and I got to calm him down because he definitely doesn't need to be wound up. Okay. He has to learn to relax. And sometimes if we go a little slower, you'll get there faster. Okay. And uh, Alex, that's a hard lesson to teach Alex, but uh, that's most runs. They try too hard, quite honestly. And, um, and uh, most of the time you just slow down and be a little patient. It takes a little, takes a lot longer than you think it does to run faster too. Yeah, <laughs> it does. I don't care who the damn coach is. It's a lot of work. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's that's funny. The um. Yeah. Poor Alex. He's he's getting the uh, the front of this. Um, poor Alex. Poor <laughs> me. I gotta watch that shit. What do you think I'm talking about? Huh? Look at Alex. He's got it easy. He thinks he's fast. Okay. Uh, he's compared, watch. compared to me, Alex is lightning fast. He's late. Uh, well, you stay. You stay where you are, kid. Don't yeah. come to the Bronx. All right. Stay on Baltimore. I'll, I'll come, but. I, like when I was when I was in New York, I was into getting into trouble, and oh. I, I needed just short bursts of speed, you know, like to yeah, get out. smart. I got you. Got you. We just get out of the subway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you knew what your weaknesses are, that's a good athlete. Okay, kid. Yeah, there we go. Um, hey, this has been a lot of fun. Okay, I, and I know that I probably missed a ton of stuff because you just have too much. Maybe we'll have to have you on again, uh, but like. This is really awesome. I really do appreciate Alex putting us in touch. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just fascinating to see someone who has gotten so much out of the sport. And I, I just, I always try to figure out what the magic is of running. Why do I love it so much? And, you know, it, it's so individual for each person. Like I can't even begin to imagine what running has been like for your life. Mm. Um, but there's something that we share in kind of a brotherhood of. Yes, correct. Uh, we both know what it feels like to run hard. We both know what it feels like to be disappointed by a workout. We both know what it feels like to win. Maybe I'm not an American yep. record. But, you American know, record. Yep. Lots of fun. Know. Lots of disappointments. Lots yeah. of tears. But, yeah. And, but it just keeps bringing us back. And I, I love, you know, it, it's amazing to see the story. And, and if people want to read more about uh, your journey, they can pick up your book, Like Father, Like Son. Mm -hmm. and and take a read from that is there any other ways that people can get to know you is there ways that people can follow along on your journey or what what would you recommend people do um probably email me at coach centro okay at gmail.com and uh, if you want to follow i think my son's a lot more interested than i am he seems to get a, a lot of fan base there but uh, well he's a bit of a stud i mean he's out there he? yeah uh, 
<laughs> hey, they must have lowered the standards since I was young. Okay, yeah. I don't tell you that. Maybe I don't know him as well as you do. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Let's keep it that way, all right? But if they want to follow him along, I think that's a little more fun for your followers. But if I can do anything to help any athletes, always. Are you taking Are you taking uh, coaching assignments now? Like, can people? Uh, I'm gonna advise it more than that. I'm not sure if I'm coaching. Maybe uh, next year. We'll see what the new year brings. Right now, I'm on I'm on I'm on pause at college, so we don't have any meets. I'm not sure what's coming up next. Yeah, I'm at college, really tough. But uh, yeah, but I'm available nowadays to talk and help. Yeah. Let's hope. I mean, uh, the vaccine's starting to roll out. Yes. And let's hope. I mean, I don't care about learning so much, but I think that they should have sports come back. So. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That'd be definitely wonderful. Yeah. Participate. Good for you. All right. Well, I really appreciate your time. I, cool. I find that uh, you're, you're a very valuable person to have on our podcast. Just Thank you. The knowledge that you have. And I know that I'm going to be beating myself up when we get off this because I'm going to like think of something else to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll do the next round two, okay, kid? All Thank right, you. awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank You're Alex welcome. for me for setting this up. Yeah. And, uh, we'll check you out soon. We'll keep in touch. Right. Thank you. Pleasure. All right. So that pretty much wraps it up for us. Robbie, you want to say goodbye? See you later. Have a great week. Have a great Christmas day because this is coming out on Christmas. Yeah. There you go. We're publishing this before Christmas. We're publishing this before Christmas. That's even better. Have a great Christmas day. Whenever the next day is. <laughs> All right, Meg, you want to say goodbye? Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, and again, always, we want to thank our guests and our Ben for coming on this week and say thank you to Nick, our producer. Thanks for you for tuning in and make sure you share this podcast with friends and family and just about anybody. If you see a guy walking on the street or running on the street, just be like, hey, you need to listen to this. We'd appreciate it. And if you're still around for some reason, make sure you sign up for Winter Grit. There's only a few days left to register for that. Almost sold out. Obviously, we have some sweet prizes from Polar and Asics, as well as some great swag. So register today at believeinrun.com backslash grid. Word. <laughs> <laughs>